Hey everybody, so it's a big release weekend, so uh, the Geekworks team thought it would be worthwhile to do another podcast, which we do whenever we have time to do them. So uh, this is our latest movie review podcast between Kyle and Hannah. Hello. And this week we are going to talk about two, I think, kind of big Oscar players, maybe. Certainly one of them will be, uh, to maybe to my chagrin, uh, and another that is certainly by a returning Oscar contender. Uh, so we're going to talk about Green Book, and then we're going to talk about Widows. Um, I will say, if you're looking for another review from us, I did post up over at The Beat at comicsbeat.com my review of The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the newest film by the Coen brothers, which I certainly welcome you to take a look at. Uh, please do, and uh, leave a comment, uh, you know, share it with your friends, talk about how great I am, all that stuff, argue with me. It's all fun. Uh, anyway, Green Book is the newest film by Peter Farrelly. Peter Farrelly of the Farrelly Brothers, uh, the director of, or co-director of films like uh, Dumb and Dumber, The Three Stooges, Stuck on You. Uh, I think they might have directed There's Something About Mary. Hall Pass. Oh boy, yeah. Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal. <laughs> Banana hands. Something about Mary, Kingpin. <laughs> yeah, Kingpin. Wow. Dumb and Dumber. So this is uh, Peter Farrelly's sort of evolution into big, uh, dramatic, uh, heartwarming genre, which kind of is totally different from his usual gross-out stuff. And I... Uh, I don't know, I guess it's this year's big uh, swinging for the fences, trying to win over the heartland kind of movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when I left this film, the first thing I thought was, well, you know, our parents will probably be big, big, big fans of that. And I just mean our in general, not your or my parents. But like, Right, the, it's, a, it's a crowd pleaser, family-ish type of film. Yeah, yeah, so it's based on a true story, and it stars Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali. Uh, Viggo Mortensen plays this, you know, wise Tony Lip is yeah his Tony name. Lip yeah, yeah. <laughs> he plays a wise ass Italian guy uh, uh, out of New York who is a bouncer at a, at a, at a nightclub mm -hmm. uh, very the, racist very racist uh, and uh, in sort of the off season of this nightclub as it's undergoing construction he needs another job he gets an offer to be the driver slash I guess maybe even bodyguard yeah. of a uh, black musician played by Mahershala Ali as I just said and during Dr. Don Shirley thank you and this is all based on a real story evidently yeah yeah, that, a story that's actually written by, the, by Tony Lip's son mm -hmm. I think uh -huh. if I remember right so um, yeah so they uh, the the, the they they go on a his tour, which is in the in sort of the uh, the Bible Belt area, the segregated South, and uh, it is a story that basically is built around the the idea of their growing friendship, how Tony Lip learns how to be less racist, and how uh, Doctor Shirley learns how to be. Uh, I, I don't know more more with the common man. I don't, yeah. I don't know what just he eats fried chicken at, at a certain point and yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a thing going on here where it's like obviously about race, but then it's also kind of about class because Dr. Shirley is clearly super super rich. He lives in some kind of penthouse uh, in New York City. He has like a literal throne in yeah. his home that yeah. he does his job interview on. Yeah. Um, Vigo Mortensen's character. Uh, did I say Tony Lip? Tony Lip. Tony yeah. Lip. He's uh, he's like 
blue collar, working class, uh, looking for a job, kind of struggling to make ends meet. So they try to play with kind of both of these things at once. Yeah. And what's funny is it's actually not a terrible film. Uh, I, I come at it very, very negatively in this intro just because I, I don't typically find myself attracted to this kind of movie. But yeah. I, I will say, when I'm watching them, it's totally fine. Yeah, I think the script, the bones, and even to some extent the dialogue sometimes is very cliche, mm-hmm. very kind of like pandering. Yeah, it's not uncovering any new stones, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. if you read this in its script form, you'd be like, bleh. Yeah. Um, or not feel much, anyway. So I, I, I think what it is that makes it better than that is the performances by the two leading men. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of reminded that time I got forced to watch Saving Mr. Banks, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a rough two hours. And I was like, it was fine. You know, yeah. I, I was entertained for two hours, and I never thought about the movie again until I thought about it this moment. And that's kind of what I feel about Green Book. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that, as you're watching it, it's perfectly average. Yeah, I, even the performances are, like, better than the movie deserves, oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there were points where Viggo Mortensen, like, I was laughing out loud at stupid stuff that was happening. You know what I mean? Like, he really went for it with this role and did a good job. I mean, he, he's going to get nominated for Best Actor yeah. uh, for this role, which is, it, it feels a little silly, but... Um, I mean, yeah. I don't think he'll win. No, but... I mean, I mean he, he, like, he, he, takes, he takes a whole pizza and folds it in half and eats it in bed. <laughs> you know, like, it's that kind of stupid he, stuff that made me laugh in the he movie. He puts on weight for this thing, he too. Does, yeah. Like, he's clearly about 20 pounds heavier than he normally is, if not more. And... Um, it's that you're right. The two lead performances carry the movie. There's little else around it that works. It, it's like you plop in two pretty strong performances in your average mm-hmm. school watching film that you would. This is like a movie you would watch in English class yeah. when the teacher doesn't want to teach anything. You know, it, it's this is exactly what this is. It's driving Miss Daisy, but with two guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's the help of this year. It's it's uh, the blind side of this year. It's the kind of movie, like I said, that really makes middle white America probably feel all right about itself. I was going to say, this yeah. is the kind of movie, even though it's better than that, this is sure. the kind of movie that like Trump's America kind of wants right now because there's a lot of uh, rhetoric and divisiveness that I feel like certain people will go into this film and feel better about. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad, like, saying it like that because, you know, there's there's okay craft in it. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's not like that belittles the movie itself or the performances specifically, but at the end of the day, that is kind of what this movie does, right? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't, like, enlighten anybody. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more just to feel better about how screwed up things kind of are yeah yeah and, and honestly at a certain point there's there there's an element of this film where that doesn't make sense yeah uh you and i talked about it i guess i won't blow it uh just for folks who will go see this but there's 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 a turn in the film that is approached in a way that i don't think is fitting especially to the tony well, lip character and even getting outside of that in general this film sets up in the beginning tony lip as being really racist like to the point that even his wife is embarrassed by his behavior he's throwing away cups that black guys drink out of yeah yeah i mean he's he's horrible and the biggest criticism i have of this movie is 
that character that they show in that scene disappears within 10 minutes. And suddenly he's like a kind of cagey, not totally comfortable with anything outside of his little world. But at the same time, he's not hateful. He's not as judgmental. He's suddenly kind of a different character. So how he goes from being the guy who has to throw away a cup because a black person drank out of it to, you know, accepting this job doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, it happens too fast. It's not, there's no progression in any way. I'm assuming the real life story of these two men took place over a much longer period of time. So they condense it in a way that doesn't feel right at all. Like you're suddenly like, wait, if he is super, super racist and doesn't even want to be around a black person, why would he take a job driving someone around? Right. And I guess that, again, speaks to why the performances make it so, um, make it work. Yeah, you uh, have to, like, not think about it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you take your critical hat off and you just want to turn your brain off and watch a movie that'll make you feel all right, this is this is, this is not the worst way to spend, you know, uh, two hours. Uh, the audience we were with loved it. Yeah. I mean, we laughed. We did a good deal of laughing. It's, we're so wishy-washy on this because of the fact that, like, like I said, the structure, the bones of the story are very cliche and kind of generic, but there's just these little infectious bits of personality infused into the film by, maybe by the director, but definitely by the two lead performers. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it's an actor's film. Yeah. Um, weirdly, this thing is like a leading contender for Best Picture, too, which uh, blows my mind. But I feel like if it won, that would be like... Like when Crash won, you know. Oh boy, I mean, I, I guess, but where's the great tragedy? Like what? Like when Crash won, people were like, "Oh, Brokeback Mountain." But I mean, are you gonna feel that upset if A Star Is Born doesn't win Best Picture? Because I sure won't. I mean, I I would much rather the movie we talk about next win over this one. Uh, sure, yeah, so but there you go. <laughs> the movie we're talking about next isn't gonna be there though. I, mean, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if I had to, you know, we're talking about only two yeah, movies yeah, right yeah. now, yeah. and this is not the one I would pick. So yeah. yeah, there's definitely other films I would pick before this one. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it. Um, I largely like was I look at this through the lens of like when Adam McKay made his jump from. Anchorman 2 to The Big Short, mm -hmm. which is still like one of the most shocking sort of turns of a filmmaker into new material. This is kind of similar. This is less of a stretch. Like, I think it's easier maybe for somebody to make this sort of touchstone mid 90s Disney kind of movie uh, than someone making like a, a film that is like very pointed and has a lot to say, like mm -hmm. Adam McKay has kind of become. But uh, I, I was still, I guess, impressed about the uh, the, the, the utter change in career path. Yeah. That uh, fairly was clearly on, like, he's going nowhere at this point. No one was going to see like the Three Stooges and films that that, that he was making. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of neat. That kind of humor kind of fell out of fashion, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, his stuff does feel dated. So it is a big kind of transformation in his career. Yeah, yeah. It was just you know that, that that's something to appreciate from it, I guess. Yeah. But it it's it's pretty mediocre, largely. I mean, yeah. it's 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 generically fine yeah. if you need to pick a movie that you're seeing with a big crowd of people, like your family over the holidays. Yeah. This will serve you for that purpose, and you won't feel like you hate it. You won't have to talk about politics with you, with your grandpa. Yeah, you can just go see this movie instead. You know, but at the same time, I doubt this will be many people's like favorite movie from the year. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really doubt it. But um, 
it certainly will be that movie that when we talk about the Oscar nominations at the end of the year or the beginning of next year, uh, excuse me, uh, that's where we're going to say, oh, there, there's there's the help uh, nomination. That That is what we will see it as. Mm-hmm. And I'll be really curious to see what other contenders arise to sort of offset that. It's such a weak year that, you know, I mean, I, I think almost anything could happen. I mean, look, I wouldn't cry if either of these two men were nominated. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they won, it would be a little silly depending on what else is out there, but... These aren't bad performances. Oh, you mean the performances? I mean the yeah. picture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean best best actor. Yeah. Which would have to be. There's no, almost no actresses in this movie. There's yeah. Linda Cardellini for like <laughs> 10 minutes. Hey, Linda Cardellini. Back, you I know, love back. Linda Cardellini. Hey. But yeah, I mean, this is mostly these two guys the whole time. But yeah, yeah I, thought, I thought the two of them did a really good job. If anything deserves anything from this movie, it would be their performances. Yeah. Well, that, that, it, certainly Viggo Mortensen will be in the... In the, in the um, Lineup. I, I don't. I don't imagine Mahershala Ali will be, but you never know. It's it's a weirdly weak year for for performances in general. I think it's a weak year for Oscar bait anyway. So yeah. whatever. So what what letter grade would you give this one? Uh, B minus C plus. Yeah, yeah. I I think B minus. I think a B minus yeah. is where I'm at too. When we left, I was like, I like that better than I thought I would. Yeah, I, I liked it more right after viewing, yeah. but then like the further away you get from it, the less you think about it. Yeah, it's it's totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. Um, anyway, uh, also coming out this weekend is Widows, the latest film from Steve McQueen. Uh, Steve McQueen, who you probably saw in a gif of making a really funny clap, uh, <laughs> most likely. But... Steve McQueen or Nicole Kidman. They have the two like awkward clapping gifs. I like Steve McQueen's the best, actually, because it's out of spite. That's whereas true. Nicole Kidman's is actually her trying to applaud for somebody. It's super weird, though. They're both weird. I know. Uh, but Steve McQueen, director of films like Shame and 12 Years a Slave, uh, who his 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture a number of years ago. He's really, uh, I think, like three for three so far. And Mm -hmm. this is his latest, his first foray foray into action, which is kind of interesting to see. um, We're talking about Peter Farrelly switching over into sort of family-style drama. This is McQueen doing something that's kind of Michael Mannish, I guess. Yeah, Um, I mean, the script is co-written by Gillian Flynn, who did... um, uh, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Yeah. And it is that type of a story. So yeah. it's kind of like his twist, uh, you know, he co-wrote the script, but it's kind of his twist on that kind of, not trashy, but kind of like thrillery, heisty. Yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't call it trashy. No. I, I think it's, 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 it's definitely like a heist thriller. I mean, his movie's not trashy, but I mean like that genre of like crime, Gillian Flynn type books. Yeah. Which, um, you know, that previous movie really leaned into the trashiness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one doesn't so much. It takes it more seriously, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gone Girl, that is. That, that like, played up the trashiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah Gone Girl was, like, a, like a satire of Lifetime-style movies. Yeah, exactly. and it, it worked yeah. for me. I know you didn't like it as much, but yeah. it was, like, it was trashy, but it, it knew it was trashy. It was great. Um, and this one puts a different spin on that type of story. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you wanted to hear my opinion about Gone Girl, you could go back about two, three years of episodes and hear my hear our opinions on Gone Girl. But um, uh, please do, please do dive, dive into our archives. Um, but Widows, yeah, I mean, 
the trailer kind of says it all, but if you happen haven't happened to see it, and I, and I don't think this is a movie that's going to do particularly well. I think the studios had a lot of heart, a lot, a lot of trouble selling it. Hmm. But the idea is uh, a number of widows of crime or uh, criminals. I don't want to say crime bosses, but a yeah, crime boss a... plus like his henchmen, yeah. all get killed in a, uh, a foiled heist. Mm-hmm. And a robbery where the money burns up with them. Yeah, and the money is actually that of a local politician, what, mob, politician yeah. slash mob boss yeah. who uh, is out to get that money back. Mm-hmm. Because that money is basically what's going to get him, hopefully, elected alderman of the city of Chicago. And so he tries to get that money out of the widows that uh, are in this film. It's Viola Davis, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki. And uh, in a smaller role, Carrie Coon. And so um, this is where the plan starts to hatch, and they have to figure out, all right, how are we going to get this money? These these three, four women get together and decide to put together a plan to steal back that money to save their own skins. And twists and turns come and go. Uh, Colin Farrell plays a, the rival of this mob boss, who's played by Brian Tyree Henry. Um, and there's like some sort of... I was talking with another critic about this. There's a bit of a a, a dive into Chicago politics. Yeah, there, there's definitely like two different stories happening in this movie. And one is the story of the widows and they've lost their husbands and how they're trying to get past that and maybe do this next big job to try to get the money to pay back their husband's debt. And then there's a totally separate story running in the background about um, Colin Farrell's Jack Mulligan, who is the son of a politician in Chicago, who is it Alderman that he's Alderman, running for? Yeah, which is like right below mayor, I guess. Okay. I don't know. It's kind of like city councilman or something. <laughs> so he's running for that in a 